Thanks for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. And right now I pray that you would bring sight to our spiritual sight. The eyes of our understanding today will be enlightened as we peer into this wonderful gospel that even angels look over from heaven and, and, and want to listen in because of the wonderment of it all that you came to earth, Lord Jesus, for us. Lord, I pray you help me, help us to listen and that we will be illuminated this morning and people will come to know you for the first time. Amen. Well, it's good to be back. It's almost a song about that somewhere, isn't it? But um, yeah, thank you for, for your prayers. Um, I'm getting better, and which I, um, I'm really enjoying. As we start this new series on Colossians today, um, we're going to be reading through um, the first chapter. Now, um, Paul, um, he didn't plant this church at Colossae. He, he planted a church at Ephesus, and from there, people went out and shared um, with the gospel and the churches were planted. And the church at Colossae was planted because of somebody else hearing the gospel. And he'd written this letter to be copied to different churches. Okay? Didn't have photocopies then. And so rather than put it upon the screen now, I just want you to imagine that you're back in Colossae. So I want you to close your eyes. It's almost as if we're there now and somebody else is reading to you Paul's letter. You're a recipient of Paul's letter. This letter is from Paul by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people here in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope in what God has preserved for you in heaven. You have heard this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, got it? Our beloved co-worker, he is is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. (coughs) He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding then the way you live will always honour the Lord and please him, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 
We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. What a letter. What a letter. And Paul didn't know it, but, that, but God ordained it that you should also be a recipient of that letter inspired by the Holy Spirit to be read out this morning. Because those truths are eternal truths and they're ever relevant for you. And Stuart, by the way, wherever you are, thank you for that reading because it ties in perfectly with what I want to say this morning. It's great when we hear God. You see, this letter is about who the real Jesus is, what the true gospel is, and what the difference the gospel makes in our lives and our relationships. The gospel transforms us. Tom Wright, just to prove to you that I read some thick books sometimes. It took me a long time to read it, but it's a great book. An auto, auto, sorry, a biography, can't be an autobiography, a biography of the Apostle Paul. He said this when studying the expansion of Christianity. He refers to the church at Colossae as, to quote, a community of people who loved one another deeply across the, the deep divisions of ethnic and social and cultural divisions there. You don't have to look around here this morning. Just look. We're all different, but there's something about us that binds us together which is not unnatural. This is not a club. This is not a club. It's the church of Jesus. We discovered one another because the gospel has come to us and the gospel sustains us. It's because of the gospel. The gospel brings, when it's received, internal transformation. If you're here today for the first time and you're wanting to know God, it's a, it's a gospel that will do it for you. It's this good news that transforms us. It's the power. It's, it's power. It changes us, this wonderful gospel. And as a consequence, it has an outflow into our relationships our community and society. And Paul was Paul was delighted that this church at Colossae was keeping the gospel central to their experience as Christians. And the challenge today will be for you in a nutshell, remember one thing. Keep the gospel central in your thinking and your experience and your love and appreciation. There's a little epistle before the epistle of Hebrews in the New Testament called the book of Philemon. Has anybody ever heard of it? You should have. It's a, a dainty little letter, but very challenging. Because Philemon... Um, no... Let me stop. You will find there 
it's a story of Paul writing to a member of the church at Colossae, okay, to a man called Philemon, about a slave called Onesimus, who'd gone AWOL. He'd legged it away from Colossae to, to get away from whatever he got away from, and he ended up in Rome. It's like going to London. He ended up in Rome, and he presumably got arrested because he got put in prison. This is the sovereignty of God. And he's near Paul. And Paul leads him to the Lord, and now Paul is saying, now you've got to go back and sort this relationship out because this is the gospel. And so he writes to Philemon, and he basically saying is this, yeah, paraphrasing it, Philemon, because you've received God's forgiveness and grace and God's generosity, uh, good news, your slave has become a Christian. I'm going to send him back to you and I want you to receive him back because God has received you. I mean, it was very clever. And he said, and if there's any, any bill to be paid, I, Paul, will pay it. Because <laughs> Paul understood the gospel. Philemon, it would have been interesting to see what happened there. But, but because Philemon had received the good news, he'd received forgiveness himself from God, therefore, Paul is saying, the gospel, if you're going to keep walking in the gospel, therefore, you have to forgive him. You got it? See, the gospel is not only for when you become a Christian, the gospel is for the Christian life. It keeps us sweet. It keeps us in a good place when we remind <laughs> ourselves of the gospel. Now, what Paul was so excited about, and Tom Wright um, draws this out, if the gospel, gospel can be fruitful in Colossae, it can be fruitful anywhere. It, was a, really a, it wasn't a big city, it was, but it was a small city. But it was so pagan, and Paul was just delighted that the gospel had taken root. And wherever you're living in, in Ashford or beyond, the gospel can take root in your street, in your cul-de-sac, well, you don't know my neighbours. But God does, and he can break through any situation because the gospel is the power of God for being saved and being, being changed. It's supernatural, this power is. So you have a fresh confidence for your neighbours because it's good news. It really is good news that Jesus can change our lives and keep us changed because of what he's done. There is hope for us. I know most of you, and I look around, you needed Jesus. You were in a right mess. And you know what? So was I. And we're on a journey to be changed. We're all on a journey here. There's nobody perfect here. But we do know a perfect God who loves us and cares for us. So when Paul rejoiced over the church at Glossi, that, that, because they were getting and understanding this gospel. And Paul, there's no doubt he had been grieved by an earlier situation uh, in, in what we call Turkey, in, in a church um, in Galatia. That's where you get the letter to the Galatians. That church had been started before Colossae, and they had received the gospel, but something happened there. And I just want to re read it to you, because he wrote to, um, we've got these letters for our benefit. But I'll read to you now a part of the, his letter to the Galatian church, which went off beam. He said, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace 
of Christ and turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. The cause, it was in, in Galatian church, I'm convinced of this, they were failing to be mindful daily of the gospel message and its wonderful implications. They simply drifted and became spiritually vulnerable. And compared to the church at Galatia, the Colossians, they were keeping the gospel story, the gospel realities daily in their lives. Speaking of Turkey, um, it's a big deal at Christmas, isn't it? Christmas turkey, you know, for a lot of, lot of English people anyway. And we had a crisis. We got the turkey, we got a really good one from Sainsbury's. You're going to say today that the blessing of God is at Tesco's, by the way. <laughs> we heard it already. So we got this turkey. It was a good one. It cost a, um, two legs and two wings. It was, it's not a cheap one. We got it. And so the bigger they arise, we come to take it out of its cellophane. Christmas Eve. Crisis. It smelled terrible. And so what we're going to do, because we've got to have turkey. So we're thinking, I need signs and wonders now. So... so I step in, Superman steps in. I'll, I'll, I'll go to Sainsbury's and, and, and take it back and get another one. And I go in, and it is so, honestly, I can't believe. If you've ever gutted a pheasant, it smells like that. It's this rank. Or even worse, if you, if you gut a rabbit, it's even worse than a pheasant. It, but this turkey. So I went to the, the lady at the reception, you know, when you go in on the left-hand side. I said, and, uh, and people were staying clear of me because I got this turkey in a bag and um, I, I said look it's meant to taste the difference <laughs> but smell the difference <laughs> then I said I thought it was really funny um, what am I going to say oh, yeah I said it smells foul <laughs> oh, I did and but she and she had to take it all apart um, the, it was just the, the packing off and had to redo it and it was it was terrible. And I got a refund and da da da. I got another one. Praise God. Kingdom came in the whole household. Peace was restored. The church at Galatia had gone off. It had gone off. We we gotta stay fresh. And we stay fresh spiritually by keep reminding ourselves of the gospel. Because the gospel is not only a doorway into the kingdom, we live in the gospel day in, day out. That's what will keep us transformed. And so we have to learn to preach the gospel to ourselves. I'm having to learn it afresh. This week... Um, I've started after my operation. I've been going out for walks, and uh, you can get these fancy earphones, can't you? Nowadays, I'm really cool. And uh, I was listening to Bethel worship, and uh, there's one particular song, and I, I was just I was thanking God because I'm trying to I want to do this before I preach it, but I'm thanking God again for the gospel that He sent Jesus for me, and I'm loved. These wonderful songs we sang this morning. Thank you. Great choice, whoever chose them, because it underlines. I'm loved, and I'm accepted, and he loves me for... He just loves me, totally. 
I think, yeah, but what about that? No, I love you. I've forgiven you. And I was walking along Pound Lane. It hit me. And Jesus said, out of your heart will flow rivers of being water. It happened. A joy came on me like I've never known before in my entire life. It just, because of the, just the freshness of the gospel. And I, Jesus died for me. And he lives for me. I'm safe in him. And I didn't know what to do with it. I looked around. And I started dancing. I wanted to break dance. I wanted to do that moonwalking. I can't do it. And I thought, well, okay, well, I'll do aeroplanes. I was doing aeroplanes. It's 66 at five. And I'm doing an aeroplane up and down. And I'm thinking, Jesus, you love me. This is wonderful. And I was, hey, hey, my chin was aching. My stomach was aching. I was overwhelmed with the love of God and the joy that Paul was saying, when you receive the gospel and keep in that gospel and you keep thinking about it, you'll have joy from time to time will flow out, will flow out. And I was like, so if you want to get the joy, go to Tesco's. <laughs> God will speak to you at Tesco's. No, seriously. God speaks to you and refreshes you when you stay remembering what he has done for you. You never, you never go past that. If you do, you begin to add things to it. Because the gospel isn't enough. It is enough. We've seen, even this week, pastoral situations transformed, absolutely transformed. I think I don't know what to say here. And what we decide to do is just share the gospel again. There is forgiveness, no matter what you've done. And the gospel, the kingdom comes, the spirit comes, people are set free. It's the only way to live. And that's what Paul was saying to this Colossian church. The gospel is the answer for everything you're going to face this week. People malign you or say all things about you, bad things against you or slander you. The gospel's the answer. The Jesus there standing before Pilate and they were slandering him. He just said nothing. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God because my father is enough. Or, I've, or if you may be thinking, well, I, I, I've, that one thing that I did, just asking forgiveness is not enough for it. I need to work harder. I need to be better in that area of my life to compensate for what I did. You see, that becomes another gospel then. Because you're adding something to the gospel that drives you further away from God. Because when Jesus died on the cross, this is really great news for us, church. When we, he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. So are you saying that all the sin I've done, all, all, all the mess I've made, all the words I've said, I've let down my kids, whatever, all that, that Jesus can, can give me a fresh start and, and bring peace into my life and give me a way of living that, that is um, just transformational? Yes, because he died for your sin. He died. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from every sin. Every sin. Every sin. It can't be that. It is that good. And you know, it was God's will, God the Father's will, that Jesus would shed his blood 
that we could then come back into fellowship and relationship with the God of our, who created us. And if you've not had an f- outflow of joy for a while now, maybe you need to get back into the gospel truths of what he's done for you <coughs> and meditate on them. King David knew this in the Old Testament. Um, he was a man after God's heart. And he just had an understanding of the presence of God. And what did he do? He stripped down to his loincloth and he was dancing around. I'm glad it was cold last week walking to Tesco's. I kept everything on. But, you know, there'll be de- I'm looking for days ahead when we have to say, let's just take the chairs to one side. The Spirit of God comes in such a way that the only way I can worship God without my inside splitting is to dance. It's to dance. You see, we grow up too quickly. It's lovely seeing the kids dancing around. I think I saw a teddy bear fly through the air today. Did you? <laughs> what? Oh, my grandson. Okay, it's my grandson. No, not the teddy bear. The other, the, the, the projector of the projectile. You see, if the love of the Father, this is a Puritan John Owen said this, if the love of the Father will not make a child delight in him, what will? What will it take for God to, to make you delight in him? You know, pour, p- pulling the car over now, and go, oh, I've just got to, I've got to thank you. Has it become so terrible? Perhaps the penny's got to drop again. There is nothing grubby or abusive about the love of God. And so Paul prays, we pray also that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power, that you have endurance and the patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking, always. You know what that means in the Greek, don't you? Always, always. Always thanking the Father, he's enabled you to share an inheritance that belongs to God's people. That gospel mindfulness. You've heard of his latest thing, mindfulness. We don't have to do that. We have gospel mindfulness, don't we? We meditate on what he's done for us and who he is for us. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. Through thick and thin, through good and bad. Jesus said, I will never leave you. Jude 1, chapter 21. Jude's one of the books in the letters in the New Testament. It said this, keep yourselves in the love of God as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. How do you keep yourself in the love of God? Well, God loves us. And he, but to, to, to consciously keep yourself with an awareness of God's love that God's for you, not against you. It's doing what we're saying this morning. What's, what's been read out. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. Because I could otherwise think about Leicester City. I could think about fishing. I could think about my allotment. I could think about cycling. I can think about those a lot. But I need a bit more balance in my life. If I'm going to get more joy, 
a more spirit-filled life in me to think more on what Jesus has done for me. It's, it, it's simples. Joyce Mayer, um, I'm getting to like Joyce Mayer's um, ministry. It's really good. It's really good. I don't, um, but watch it, listen to her this week. And she, she was asking this conference, she said this, what do you think of what God thinks of you? And what do you think of yourself? What do you think what God thinks of you? Because God delights in you. He's enthralled by you. He delights in you. He knows what you're going through. And he sees that. Yeah, that's my daughter pressing through. That's my son pressing through. Does he del- if God loved you while you were still sinful, how much more, Anne, does he love you now? You come to know him through all the challenges you face. How much more? Is it possible for God to love you more? I don't think it is. But it's possible for you to understand that God loves you. For you more to understand that God loves you to the extent that he does. See, the, the Colossian church could boldly say, God loves me, he's for me, no matter what or how well or how well I do not do, while, he, while he's transforming me to become more like Jesus. You see, this is, a, this is a great thing about becoming godly. I, I, I want to be more godly. I really do. Because there's great benefits in being godly, the scriptures say. But we can become more godly not by trying harder, but by being more mindful of what he's done for us and what he daily. And the Holy Spirit fills us, and then he produces, we walking, there's a phrase for it, it says, don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the spirit. This is, that's what it is. But you do that, you find a growing godliness pervades you. You don't have to be like the Galatians trying to add something to it. It's simple. Just know he loves you. Remind yourself of it daily because we have an enemy called the accuser of the brethren. Yeah? And it says in um, uh, Amos, I think it's Amos, where it says, can two, be, uh, can two walk together unless they are agreed? So you're either going to agree with the devil that he's saying you're rubbish, or you're going to agree with, agree with God that he delights in you. And if you, it's an important choice you make daily. You have to make that decision. If you say, I'm going to agree with you, Father. What, what you say about me, I, I, I'm going to agree with you on it. And the Holy Spirit will use you. It will flow through you more. You'll be living in that peace. At Christmas, we did a bargaining thing. Um, I watch the. I like watching war films, documentaries. I'm sorry, it's one of those things. I like watching that the war. Then I was feeling a bit guilty because Sue's so yeah. Okay, I don't mind watching it. But then she says, "Oh, my fair lady is on." Now, I have never. I've managed for. 40-odd years of marriage to avoid watching My Fair Lady until this year. Because, I'm trying to 
Meditate more to be godly. I said, okay, well, watch My Fair Lady. It's superb. Where have I been all my life? This, this flower girl who, from the East End of London, because she can't speak proper, uh, a wonderful accent, I think so, but um, not Dr. Dude. What's his name? Um, Rex Harrison. Rex Harrison, who plays... Um, hold on, what's his name? Um, Professor Higgins, yes, just you wait, Professor Higgins. And he has a, has a bet with somebody else to try and change her, how she thinks about herself and how she speaks. And it's, that's what it's all about. And if you've seen the bit at the races, that's really funny. When she, she, she calls Dover, the horse race, to, uh, the horse to, to win. But I won't go into that, I'd be rude. But if you could just play that, can we just turn the lights off for one minute? Somebody can do that. Um, because I want us to have a bit of fun with this because it's good news. I might get you singing it all together in a minute. Uh, yeah, just turn, just see what happens. Chose that because I, I think it profoundly is a beautiful picture of somebody getting it. She got it. She got it. Have you got it? That you are loved by God. That God is for you, is not against you. He forgives all your sin. He gives you new life. He'll always be with you. He chose you. You, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. You're adopted, not adapted. Have you got it? Because when you get it, I believe there'll be almost something in heaven that will say, I think they've got it. I think they've got it. I almost feel the pleasure of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Wow, she's got it. (laughs) He's got it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. God knows that there is a spiritual process that takes time that you have not arrived yet at the place of spiritual perfection. He knows that. And he's for you. John Piper said this, preaching to yourself sounds like this. If God is for you, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, give us, graciously give us all things? Who can separate us from the love of God? You see, my dear friends, that's the gospel. That God loves you. He wants you to know his acceptance. He wants you to know his forgiveness. He wants you to give, have that fresh start. How do you get the gospel? Jesus said, repent, turn away from that way of thinking and give your life to God. Repent and believe that God loves you. And that triggers transformation. You may be here for the first time today. It may be that God brought you here so you can hear this very thing. There is hope for you. There is transformation. And his name is Jesus.